Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic. The Athletic. Hi folks, welcome to another Friday episode of the Athletic FPL podcast. I'm Mark McGettigan, you'll find me on Twitter at FPL General. Recording this episode just after the last few pressers have been wrapped up. The two-week international break felt like two months. It's so good to have FPL back this weekend. From Saturday, October 1st until the final game week before the World Cup, which is the weekend of November 12th, there's eight game weeks of Fantasy Premier League as well as four Champions League rounds. Let the chaos commence. On today's podcast, I'll summarise the news from the pressers, answer 10 quickfire questions, and take another look at captaincy and transfers for Game Week 9. I've already made my transfer on Thursday night, so I will reveal what that is. The FPL deadline this week is Saturday morning, 11 a UK time, 90 minutes before the North London derby between Arsenal and Tottenham. If you'd like to become an Athletic subscriber, visit theathletic.com forward slash FPL pod to avail of the latest discount offer for new subscribers. A run through of the press conference slash team news now, just going in alphabetical order. Starting at Arsenal, Smithrow has had surgery, so he's out until December. Arteta didn't give much away, as you would expect, ahead of the derby. He was asked if Zinchenko, Tierney and Partey would be involved, and his reply was simply, they are part of the team. That doesn't really mean anything, so no information from Arteta this week. Aston Villa, Luca Dean is out for a few weeks, so unlucky if you went for him on a wildcard last week. Kamara, big blow, is out until December. Matty Cash is expected back in training on Monday, so will miss game week nine. At Bournemouth, nothing of note. Brentford, Norgard and Lewis Potter have been ruled out. At Brighton, Mwepu has been ruled out also with an illness. On to Chelsea, Kante is training, but he's unlikely to start from what I've heard today on in the, in the pressers. Kukurea was struggling with illness. And the comments from Potter were they're fine in terms of coming through the rehab stages. So again, that doesn't tell as much as FPL managers. Mendy trained this week. Again, what kind of training was that? Was he by himself? Was it intense? Was it light? These press conferences often don't give us too much helpful information. Crystal Palace, nothing of note there either. At Everton, big one, Jordan Pickford is fit. So if you're on a wild card this week, the Pickford-Begovic double-up is on. Patterson, 4 million defender, has been ruled out for four to five weeks. So Seamus Coleman is expected to start. And Calvert-Lewin is not far away either. He could feature, but we don't know if that will be a start or from the bench. 
at Fulham. There's question marks over Mitrovic because he did look like he picked up a knock on international duty. Nothing really from Marco Silva. He said they have some knocks that need assessing but nothing specific. And when he was specifically asked about Mitrovic, he said something along the lines of he doesn't need to play against Newcastle to be motivated. He is always motivated. So hopefully we can read into that. That that means he's going to be okay and he will play against Newcastle. At Leeds, they've had quite a break, which has allowed Cooper, Ailing and Firpo to regain full fitness. There was some comments from Brendan Rodgers on his goalkeeper Danny Ward. A lot of us have been expecting to see Everson get a start soon. Doesn't look like that's going to happen on the latest quotes. He said, when you concede the goals we have, the spotlight will be on him. But defending is a collective. I support Danny. I know his qualities and I know he'll find a more consistent and better level. So that looks like Ward will keep his place between the sticks for the time being. On to Liverpool. Robertson isn't going to feature it looks like but it doesn't look like he's going to be out for too long Klopp said he's doing really well looks really good so he's not out for long he's already on the pitch running it's a good sign I don't know if it will be next week or the week after so Robertson should be back in the near future Shimakas will probably play against Brighton Klopp also said Luis Diaz only landed back yesterday morning I heard he's good Darwin with caution after an intense period and the same for Diogo Jota. So whatever that means, you can try to figure that one out yourself. And Konate is back in training. So we could see Konate and Van Dijk strike up a partnership soon. At Manchester City, John Stones has been ruled out with a hamstring injury. He's expected to miss roughly between 10 days and two weeks. So not a long-term hamstring injury. And Laporte is nearing a return. Manchester United's Maguire has been ruled out through injury, but Rashford and Martial are back in training and in contention for the Manchester Derby. Quite a few quotes here from Eddie Howe at Newcastle. Lots of people went for Isaac last week. Looks like you might have to sell him, but it doesn't look like it's as long term as we thought it was going to be. So Howe said he picked up an injury training with Sweden, but the scan doesn't look too bad. We're not overly concerned with any muscle injury. There's a period where you have to be careful. He's running on the grass. So to me, that looks like he probably won't play game week nine, but could return as soon as game week 10. If I owned Isaac, I would sell him. On Callum Wilson, how he said he's in a good place. He trained for around 10 days. Every time he comes back from an injury, he does the work and doesn't cut corners. He's put a lot of work in with a sports science team, so he's looking good. So maybe we'll see Wilson start at the weekend. And a late decision will be made on St. Maximin, while Bruno Gamerez is in the squad and looks to be available. No updates from Nottingham Forest at the time of recording. Probably takes too long for that press conference to ask about their 95 players. At Southampton, Lavia is still a few weeks away from a return. At Tottenham, Kuliseski has a problem, according to Conte. Seems to have picked up an issue on international duty as well, so not good news if you own Kuliseski. Loris will be assessed, so a late call will be made on him. No updates from David Moyes at West Ham at the time of recording. At Wolves, Nathan Collins is suspended for three games. Jimenez remains out. And Diego Costa will be in the squad, so it'll be interesting to see how many minutes he gets at the weekend. Before I move on to the next section, I just had another quick look on Twitter. In terms of Chelsea, the latest quotes since I started recording, looks like Mendy, Canty and Kukurea. Looks like all three might miss out, so it seems to be illness with Kukurea if you do own him. 
go and have a, a deep dive into those quotes and find something more substantial, but it does look like now he's probably going to miss out on game week nine. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 US-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard it right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer, if you ask me. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. This episode is supported by Season 3 of FX's Welcome to Wrexham. Celebrity owners Rob McElhenney and Ryan Reynolds' small-town Welsh football club has finally been promoted into League 2 after 15 seasons in the National League. Dedicated staff and supporters celebrate the city's return to glory while bracing for the newfound challenges that come with being in a higher division. Will Wrexham AFC stand up to the challenges and rise again into League One? FX is welcome to Wrexham. Catch all new episodes Thursdays on FX. Stream on Hulu. Ten quickfire questions now ahead of the deadline. First one is from Mark Cram. What to do with Isaac and if taking him out, who is the best replacement? Mark brought him in on a Game Week 8 wildcard and did well with a nine-pointer, but he's now seemingly injured. Yeah, like I said earlier, if I owned him, to me he's a problem for this Game Week because it's unlikely that he's going to play, so I would just sell him. The options are Mitrovic if you don't own him. That would be my number one choice. My second choice would be Ivan Tony if you don't already own him for that Bournemouth fixture. And third choice would be Solanke. And mainly Solanke is a fixtures pick and a budget pick. If you go for Solanke, you free up cash for other parts of your team over the next couple of games. So Mitrovic number one, Tony number two, Solanke number three. Question from Johnny Small. What about Kevin De Bruyne to Salah this week? Or should I just replace the injured Isaacs? Yeah, I always say focus on your problems, focus on your weak links, so fix the Isaac issue first. There will be managers this week who have no issues, no fires to fight, might even have two free transfers and will have Kevin De Bruyne and don't have Salah. I can understand the temptation to go there. I think Salah's a better option than De Bruyne game week nine. But overall, for the next three game weeks before game week 12, I think it's pretty equal I would even slightly favour De Bruyne at the moment. So overall, it's a tough one. I don't know if it's worth a transfer. That comes down to personal preference, whether you want Salah this week against Brighton or if you're happy to hold off until game week 12 to get him, which I am. Captaincy is a big factor here. If you think Salah is the best captain this game week, it's much easier to go and get him if it's a free transfer. So I wouldn't stop anyone from doing that if you think Salah is the best captain for game week 9. Question from Nick Brock. Should we move on from Martinelli considering the fixtures and blank game week 12? If so, who's the best replacement for 6.3 million or less? Nick mentions Telemans, Harrison, Billing, Podence and asks for any other. So my answer here is keep Martinelli, especially if you've had him from game week one. You got him at 6 million. You're probably going to want him back after game week 12 because Arsenal have the good fixtures. So I think the best thing to do with him is just find a way to bench him in game week 12. I'm quite happy to start him against Tottenham this week, against Liverpool. I just think he's a fantastic player playing for a really good attacking team at a really good price. So for me, there's no reason to sell. And one of the main reasons is when you mention those options, Telemans, no thanks, Harrison, Billing, they don't inspire confidence. Potence, Wolves don't score goals. So yeah, I would keep Martinelli 
and use a transfer elsewhere or just save a transfer. If you're on a wild card, I still think I would keep him also. Question from Joe Wilmer. Would you do Perisic to reach James with one free transfer this week? I would be tempted because to me Perisic is becoming quite a frustrating FPL asset. You never know if he's going to play. He can come off before 60 now as we've, we've got evidence of that. And it's those you know 10 to 15 minute cameos, the one pointers which I experienced in game week 5 and game week 6 that really put me off him. And I think Reese James is a much better pick. He's going to play most games, play 90 minutes in most games and he's Got more attack and potential, I think, than Perisic also. Perisic, we made him out to be this unbelievable asset at the start of the season. We haven't seen it yet. The assist potential has been pretty good, but his goal threat has been extremely low so far when you look at the underlying numbers. So yes, Perisic to Reese James, I like it because then you don't have a Perisic headache every week. I think I think James is, James is arguably one of the best, definitely in the top three picks for defenders between now and the World Cup. So yeah, I like that. Get the reliable pick who's going to play most game weeks. Question from Dominic Lapadula. What are my thoughts on Bamford as a potential Isaac replacement? He should be back from injury. He's rumoured to start the weekend and has decent fixtures, especially that Leicester fixture in game week 12. So next four fixtures for Leeds are Villa, Crystal Palace, Arsenal and Leicester. So it's not brilliant. In particular, to me, Villa are more defensive side now. So I'm I don't love attackers playing against Villa. Palace and Arsenal, we know, can defend well. And then Leicester is the attractive one in game week 12. But for me, I mentioned them earlier. Mitrovic, Tony and Solanke, much better assets right now than a Bamford that you don't know whether he will play or not. Maybe when it gets to game week 12, if he has played a couple of games, that's when we can maybe go for him to target the Leicester defence. Question from FPL Odo. What are my thoughts on going for Son for the next three game weeks and then switching to Salah in game week 12? I don't mind it. You know, we're looking at Son very differently now. Got the hat-trick, did really well during the international break, scoring goals for South Korea. And with Kulisewski potentially injured now, less of a rotation risk also. Next three fixtures for Son and Tottenham, Arsenal, Brighton and Everton. Brighton and Everton in particular, I like. Brighton under a new manager, kind of an unknown so Son could do well there and I always like attackers playing against Everton even though Everton's numbers are not too bad so far this season so yeah Son is fine as an alternative to the likes of De Bruyne and Salah but I certainly would have a plan to get Salah back in in game week 12. Next question is from John Wood is it worth captaining Salah as a differential this week or play it safe and stick with Haaland? For me captaincy always comes down to points I don't worry about player ownership I very rarely look at player ownership obviously I know Haaland's ownership is extremely high right now Salah's ownership is probably as low or as close to as low as it's been in the last four or five seasons so if you captain Salah and he does well and Haaland has a quiet one you can fly up the rankings but on the flip side if Haaland goes big again and Salah continues to disappoint you're going to be left behind this game week as well so for me I would just forget about all that, focus on points. Who do you think is going to score the most points this game week? Haaland or Salah? And stick to your captaincy there. Again, different people will, will play the game differently to me. They'll kind of bring you know game theory into it more. And maybe you might be more of a risk taker than me. And you might want to go for Salah. You might see this as an opportunity. That's absolutely fine. I rate them both very, very, quite equally going into this game week alone on captaincy. But for me, Haaland's just been so consistent. I think he played for the better team. I think he's probably the better player now. Harsh on Salah, given how good he's been over the last few years. But 
to me, Haaland's on the way up and, and maybe Salah is, on, is starting to, to decline a bit as well. So for me, it's Haaland, but it's a close call. comes down to what kind of manager you are and what you want to achieve with rankings and mini leagues and stuff like that. But for me, it's always quite simple points and I'm going to back Haaland to continue to outscore Salah. Question from Harry. Is Madison a viable captaincy option or is he more of a desperate differential? I wouldn't look past Haaland or Salah for captaincy this week game week. I think they're probably well out in front of everyone else. I don't think you need to go for a differential for the sake of it, even if you've had a tricky start to the season. There's a long way to go. We've only had seven game weeks of, of matches. Yes, we're in game week nine, but remember we've got another game week to make up later on as well because of the blank. So Madison, I think, is a great pick for game week nine onwards but I wouldn't go as far as giving him the armband if you have Salah or Haaland or even both. Question from FPL Doctor. Is there any merit in holding on to the wild cards until game week 16 and then use it as effectively a free hit chip? So yeah, if you still have your wild card, if you're happy with your team, there is the option of playing it in game week 16, you know, make, making a whole new team for game week 16 as a one-week punt. And then game week 17, you're going to be able to make a whole new team again with unlimited transfers. For me, though, if you go and look at the fixture ticker from after blank game week 12, that period from game week 13 to 16, a lot of the big teams have really good fixtures. I know City and Arsenal, I think Tottenham as well. So I would much rather play a wild card in game week 13 to attack those four game weeks rather than just playing it for one game week. I think that you'll, you'll probably get more from it that way. So it is viable, but for me, I would be looking at, if you're not wildcarding this week, I think 13 looks like the next best time to do so. Final question from Simon Ashby. Have you ever seen so many experienced FPL managers struggling with ranks like they have done this season? To be honest, I haven't been keeping track of too many other managers I've I try not to look at many leagues and stuff like that and I try to avoid overall rank of other managers as well because I mean if you're not doing well and other people are doing well it's human nature to compare and, and start calling yourself a failure again I just remind myself we're seven game weeks into the season I've had a tricky start I'm 1.7 million overall rank not where I would want to be at any point in the season but what gives me comfort is there is an awful long way to go. We're just going into October. We've got blank game weeks. We've got double game weeks. We've got chips to play in the second half of the season. So I'm quite confident that I will have a respectable rank. But I don't really I don't really care too much about rank anymore. I just want to try and enjoy the season. And I'm just going to chip away at that rank every week between now and game week 38. I was looking at my, my history recently. You know, three top 500 finishes. It's going to be very hard to ever get one of them again, given how many people are playing the game now. But I've, I think I've got nine top 50k finishes. So it would be nice to get that 10th top 50k finish. So I'm not going to say that is a goal, but I probably will keep it in the back of my mind as the season progresses. If I get there, great. If I don't, it doesn't matter. There's another season next season to, to hopefully win the whole thing outright. I think what you'll see, there probably is other you know content creators, other really experienced managers having a tricky start like myself, maybe even worse. There's so many people playing this game. There's 10.5 million playing it now. There's every season it gets harder and harder. There's spoon feeding going on left, right and centre. I probably contribute to that. There's more engaged managers. There's better managers. There's people with brilliant models. There's freely available information. So it's, I think it's just going to, something we're going to have to get used to. I think those of, those of us who are content creators, we're probably going to have to get used to having some pretty tricky seasons because, again, a lot of teams are so similar now as well. That's 
that's in my mind already. I know we're only game week seven, game week eight, but you know I've got a fair bit of ground to make up already. And most teams above me are probably pretty similar to mine. And again, that's a bit of a downside to you know player pricing. Everyone has the same team because all the big teams players are cheap and, and easy to fit in. So yeah, there's a lot of there's a lot of stuff going on there. Again, I could probably do a, a whole podcast on that, but it's early days. And those experienced managers who have amazing records. Don't judge them in game week eight or game week nine. Let's see where they finish up in game week 38. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 US-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com slash courtside to learn more. A quick look at the captaincy again. So I put a poll on Twitter this morning. Just two options. Who's the best captain for this game week? Haaland against Manchester United at home or Salah against Brighton at home. There was roughly 5,000 votes. Haaland well on top, 69.1%, and Salah got 30.9%. In my head, they're a bit closer than that. I'd probably say something something like 60-40 in favour of Haaland. So Haaland is my captain, but that's easier because I don't own Salah. I think it's a tougher decision if you do own both. I made a transfer Thursday night because... I looked at fplstatistics.com. Madison was likely to rise overnight, which he did. I did Anthony Gordon out. James Madison came in. The reason, I don't usually go on a Thursday night or, or any earlier than a Friday. But what I did was I looked at my future plans. And by the time I get to game me 12, I'm either going to be 0.1 short or, or have just bang on the money for my plans, which is something like Zaha will probably come in game me 10 for Saka. Hopefully bank a transfer game week 11. And then game week 12, I would like to get Salah and Trent in for Cancelo and De Bruyne. And at the moment, I'm 0.1 short. If price changes are kind to me over the next few game weeks, I might arrive with 0.0 and be able to make those moves. And, and I'm hoping by going that one night earlier on Madison, I've saved myself 0.1. So hopefully that might help me with transfers by the time I get to game week 12. So that's the reasoning behind that one. My team for the weekends, the Newcastle double up. Pope and Trippier, Reese James and Cancelo make up the back line. Kevin De Bruyne, Madison, Martinelli and Saka. So I'm an Arsenal fan for the North London Derby. Haaland, Captain, Mitrovic and Ivan Tony. Good team on paper. Hopefully that means a green arrow. Best of luck to you all for Game Week 9 and have a great weekend. I'll be back with another episode on Monday to preview Game Week 10. If you've been enjoying the content this season, you can support me at patreon.com forward slash FPL General. Wishing you all a green arrow in Game Week 9. The Athletic. 
As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager.